advantage of the day. Okay. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. Yeah. The playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. Well, hello, Kingdom Defenders. Welcome to this special episode of Defending the Kingdom, one that I'll just, I called it Matt Geht nach Deutschland, which is Matt goes to Germany. So <laughs> Matt Geht nach Deutschland. And you German followers, of course, we're headed your way. Matt's headed your way soon. But this episode is exciting because you're going to Frankfurt here to check it out. Yeah, I'm going to Germany this weekend. So one of our business directors uh, slacked me a few weeks ago and asked if I had any Memorial Day plans. And I was like, well, I'm going to do a barbecue in my backyard. She's like, do you want to go to Germany for a few events? And I was like, uh, <laughs> let me ask my wife about it. But yeah, I'm going to Germany for five days, uh, helping to cultivate some fandom over in Germany before we play there in November. It's going to be pretty cool. So again, the reason, Matt Gate, Dr. Deutschland, uh, some other German coming your way, poor German, but I'm getting there. But then I would say Vas and Vaughn, meaning what's this event? Where are we going? What? What is it? Yeah, so it's a series of things. I'm there for five days. The first day is kind of like a get acclimated day. We'll do a content shoot. We'll walk around. Uh, Dante Hall will be there. A couple of Chiefs cheerleaders will be there. Uh, so we'll get some photos of them in front of uh, some German landmarks with flags, stuff like that on the first day. The second day is kind of the main event. The reason that we're going is there's a a big rooftop bar in downtown Frankfurt that we're just going to take over. And it's sold out already. A whole bunch of German fans are excited about this. And essentially, I'm there to keep the event moving. Uh, but we'll have Dante, we'll have some Chiefs cheerleaders, we'll have some business executives, and we'll just do a Q&A with them uh, for all these German fans to learn about our game, to learn about the Chiefs and our entire organization. Should be really cool. And then the last two days, we're going to go to two different military bases and see people from not just Kansas City, but uh, the United States in general defending our country. And hopefully we can bring them uh, a little bit of home. But it'll be an amazing trip. It's going to be a whirlwind. It's just five days. Uh, we're going to do a lot, but I can't wait. I haven't been to Germany in like 10 years. I was a kid when I went last time. So going to be a pretty cool experience sharing our game with these German fans. And by the way, I didn't fully give us the uh, introduction here. Mitch Holtus with you, voice of the Chiefs, <laughs> along with Matt Get nach Deutschland is Matt McBullen, senior team reporter. Where'd you go the first trip? I didn't know you've already gone. Well, with my family, I went to Munich, Munich uh, okay. on like a vacation years and years ago. But I've never been to Frankfurt. I've been informed that Frankfurt is much different than Bavaria several times. So I'm looking forward to learning about that culture and, again, uh, sharing our great game with these fans. Because you and I, we eat, live, breathe this stuff. Like, we love football. We love the Chiefs. And what I've gathered, based on our interactions with German fans so far, doing our podcast and doing some meetings uh, as part of our whole international campaign, is how hungry German fans are, not just for football, but for Chiefs football. And I think it's so cool that we can share what's so special to us with these fans, and that's what we're going to do here this weekend. Let me just mention that about the popularity of American football in Deutschland is the fact that they consider, like, for you and me, there's like 3.5 million hardcore fans that just breathe it, you know, eat it, sleep it every day. But overall in Germany, it's close to now 20 million fans who follow the NFL, love the NFL. And so Germany is actually the market. It's always kind of been there. When you look back here, I was just, I was looking at this. So uh, the, the old NFL Europe League, which had the, the team we're going to talk about here very shortly, when it closed down in the mid-2000s, 2007 to be specific, there were seven remaining teams. Five of those were in Germany, okay? They still like, like, where are you guys going? Don't leave. Come back. Chiefs President Mark Donovan was quoted in 
one article that he said one thing that is really interesting about the German people and their love for the National Football League, for American football, is how it spans the demographics, much like it does in America. And the fact that it's very popular with the 18 to 34 demographic, both male and female, in Germany. So Germans love their American football. They love the National Football League, and we're headed there. Now, they also have currently the, a European League of American football. And it's really brilliant what they've done. It's kind of like what the USFL has done, where they've branded the teams like the old NFL uh, Europe teams, meaning Frankfurt's got a team. Um, I believe Dusseldorf has a team. Of the 12 teams in 2022, seven were in Germany. So Munich has a team. Berlin has a team. And they've kind of marketed and used basically what they had back with NFL Europe in the mid-2000s. So the NFL game is right now of any foreign country. This is where the U.K. might push back some, but the entire U.K. Right now, the most active country in the world for American football in the NFL is Germany. And so it's so exciting. And it seems to me that maybe NFL Europe was a little bit ahead of its time. Yes, it was. And I actually have a trivia question for you that we'll hit later about NFL Europe. But NFL Europe ended up kind of fizzling out in what, like 2007? Yeah, still 07. I feel like if NFL Europe started right now, there would be a huge market for it over in Europe. And we're just kind of seeing that with the NFL's international footprint and all these countries being added. I saw the Saints are now allowed to market in France. That became a thing today. The Steelers can market Which in Ireland. Which makes sense, right? You have the oh, fleur de lis on your yeah. helmet. Come on. It makes too much sense. Yeah. But we're just going to keep seeing these countries be allowed uh, to NFL teams to market in them. And uh, over time, we're going to see our game continue to grow around the world because it is a global game at this point it's not just an american sport people all over the world are super interested in football they want to see football live uh and the fans in frankfurt are going to see the chiefs and dolphins on november 5th we have not yet and that being said one of the great features of defending the kingdom is when we get in our kingdom uh, space shuttle and go around the world so what do we have now for uh, a spin around the world with Kingdom Defenders? Well, I've got five today. Ironically, none from Germany. <laughs> we get lots of German fans, but none included in today's Around the for World. For Tommy Townsend. For Tommy Townsend. You know what's funny is uh, in our cafeteria, they'll play like NFL Network, right? And the Chiefs-Bengals AFC title game was on TV uh, like a week or so ago. And I saw Tommy and Joshua Williams watching it. And it was the final like eight minutes. So... Joshua had the interception, you know, and then later in the game, uh, before the Bengals' final drive, Tommy had that big punt, and it was right before that, and I walked by him, and I was like, big punt coming up. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, is that what's about to happen? I was like, yeah, big punt coming up. Um, but anyway, yes, five for Tommy Townsend. Uh, Perry is in the Philippines. Mm. Eliza is also in the Philippines, not connected. We just have two Philippines listeners. We have a big contingent in the Philippines, so shout out to the Philippines. Uh, Colin is up in Minneapolis, but he is originally from Kansas City. You'll have a chance to see the Chiefs in Week 5, Colin, when we play the Vikings. Uh, we have a listener in Greenwood, Indiana. Uh, they said that they're a kingdom defender in Colts land. Yeah, right yep. there, right in the middle of it. And then shout out to Chad, who is from Plattsburgh, Missouri, but now lives in Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. Uh, less than an hour after our schedule release episode, he said him and a bunch of his college buddies all rented a house in Green Bay for a matchup against the Packers <laughs> in week 13. Uh, these guys are spread out across Missouri, Kansas, Iowa, Nebraska, and Minnesota, and they're all going to be at Lambeau in week 13 representing the kingdom. So pretty Bring cool. your parka because it'll, be, uh, it'll <laughs> be a little frosty. 
up there, but some NFC North flavor I'm, I'm sensing yeah. from this crew. Yeah, we're taking over the NFC North. How about it? Well, those are our five visits as we go around the world with our Kingdom Defenders on this uh, episode of Defending the Kingdom, which is Matt Gaithnach Deutschland. Matt is <laughs> going, pretty good at that. I'm getting there. I've been practicing it. Um, and, of course, uh, that you're setting things up with your, your promotional visit there for what will happen in about six months. I mean, this is going to be the Chiefs and the Dolphins on the 5th of November in Frankfurt. Now, what's noteworthy about that? This is one of the biggest games on the entire NFL calendar. When the schedule release came out, this was one of the more anticipated games for the entire NFL going, when will Tyreek Hill, the former Chief, famous for Super Bowl 54 and, and uh, running the Wasp play, play the Chiefs? When will it be? Where will it be? It's in Frankfurt on 5th November. So here we go. This is not only – so sometimes in the games that we have seen, uh, either in any of the international series, some of them are like big matchups, but some of them are kind of not. And so that's why there was a, a thought that it could be the Lions or the Bears. It's the Dolphins. Frankfurt, Germany is getting one of the top games of the entire NFL schedule. Which is really cool because we talked about how hungry these fans are for football, and they're going to see a great matchup with a lot riding on that game uh, in early November. You're right that I think particularly early on in the international series, there was a bit of a stigma that it was teams that weren't very good. The game didn't really matter. And the fans were happy anyway because they got to see live football. But what a treat for these fans in Frankfurt that they're going to see the best team in the NFL and the Chiefs and a team in the Dolphins that's going to be fighting for a playoff spot, I believe, at that point. The AFC East is going to be really competitive this year with, of course, the Bills trying to hang on to the division title crown, uh, but also the Jets vying for a playoff spot, vying for that division title, and the Dolphins are right in that mix as well. Not everyone can make the playoffs in the AFC. It's a loaded conference. I really think in early November, if the Dolphins are who we kind of think they are, they'll be fighting for a playoff spot, whether that be the division title in the AFC East or a wildcard spot, uh, and the Chiefs will be hungry to hopefully be fighting for that number one seed at that point. So it's a major matchup. And like you said, with Tyreek, there's all the storylines there as well. But it should be a really good matchup between two of the better teams in the AFC. And what a treat for these uh, fans in Frankfurt. And we know how heavy the AFC is as far as teams. When you're talking about teams having the AFC, you're talking about most of the top teams in the NFL. It's just the way it is right now. Yes. Uh, not to make anybody NFC fans mad, including our folks that live behind enemy lines. They're not going to be mad about it, but they're behind enemy lines in the NFC North. But when you think about and looking at the Dolphins, what's at stake? Well, the Chiefs are trying to become the first back-to-back -back Super Bowl winner since the New England Patriots in 03 and 04. We did this, remember, back when we were going into the 2020 season after winning in 2019. Chiefs got close, lost in Super Bowl 55. But no team in the NFL has won back-to-back -back Super Bowls since the Patriots in 03 and 04. That's at stake, trying to win an eighth straight AFC West title, second in NFL history. But for the Dolphins here now, they're seeing an opportunity, you alluded to it, to try to win the AFC East. Why is that big? Their last division title was 2008. And for the Dolphins, they've won three division titles in 30 seasons. Wow. They think they can win it this year. That's why this game in Frankfurt, Germany, is such a big deal. Was that Chad Pennington in 2008? Yeah. Chad they Pennington. kind of fought their way and <laughs> got in there. I think it was Herm Edwards, actually. No, he, he was here. So, no, that was Chad Pennington. Yeah, trying to grind his way to get there. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, Tony Sperano maybe was the head coach? Yeah. New England had a down year. They, they, uh, well, that uh, was when, when Brady tore his ACL in the game against, against the us Chiefs. in week one. Yeah, week one. So it opened the door. They won 11 games. They, 
but they didn't win the division. So here the, the Dolphins had a crack and they did it. But three in 30 seasons, it kind of reminds you of what the Chiefs were prior to Andy Reid coming in um, to the picture. But it just shows you how big this game in Frankfurt is with the Chiefs and the Dolphins. And it's cool that it's in November. It's not a September game when no one really knows what to expect from anyone, particularly a team like the Dolphins. November, we'll know what kind of team the Dolphins have. We think they'll be competitive. They'll be fighting for a playoff spot, maybe a division title at that point. And, and yeah, just a great opportunity for these German fans to not just see a live football game, but a football game that truly matters. Now you want to have some fun? Let's do it. Okay. This for is those so of cool. You, for those of you just listening and not watching the uh, this episode of Defending the Kingdom, again, entitled, and it's brought to you by Ticketmaster. Have I said that yet? No. But it is. We are brought to you by Ticketmaster. We're brought to you by Ticketmaster. And why is that big? Because how many, time, how many people have you had saying, I've got to get tickets for the game in Frankfurt? A bunch. A bunch. Yeah. And it's almost a daily occurrence. Like, hey, do you know somebody can get me tickets to Frankfurt? Hey, what about getting tickets to Frankfurt? <laughs> Ticketmaster, 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 Ticketmaster. Try to go there. Uh, but again, this episode of Matt Get Nach Deutschland. He's, Matt's going to Germany. <laughs> but here we're going to have some fun. Those of you that are just listening and not watching and listening, we are presenting the helmet of the Frankfurt Galaxy. Look at this. Such an awesome helmet. Now, those of you, again, we'll describe it here. Purple helmet with an orange face mask. Very Clemson-like, if you think college football. Sure. That's the only orange and purple combo uh, in college football that I can think of. Evansville has it in college basketball. It is very Clemson-like. But the That's cool, a good point. Yeah, very Clemson. So, yeah, it fits right in with our Clemson guys. Like Justin Ross would love to wear it. So the um, so the logo of the Frankfurt Galaxy, I believe it still is to this day because the European League of American Football is adopting basically the branding of the old NFL Europe, right? Ryan Fire, Berlin Thunder. So you look at basically the Milky Way, right? <laughs> this is the – you're looking at a galaxy, and so it's the logo of the galaxy on this helmet. Now, you want to have some fun? Yes, let's do it. Okay. This is so cool. This is, Mitch just pops in my office when we were going to talk about <laughs> Germany for this episode. We don't do a lot of planning for this podcast. We kind of just talk. But he pops in my office with this helmet. He's the best. How does he find this thing? I don't know. But pretty cool. But, yes, let's have some fun. All right. And even on the back of this is a Chiefs logo because during the days of the NFL Europe, you would designate players. And if you were a designated player from a certain team, you wore the logo of that NFL team with your um, NFL Europe squad. So like Dante the, Hall, right? With Dante the, uh, Hall. Claymores. Claymores. So it's not, if you're a Frankfurt Galaxy fan, you don't like the Claymores, but the Frankfurt Galaxy ties to the Kansas City Chiefs is well, well, well before the Spiel on 5th November. Let me take you back to one of the great moments in Frankfurt Galaxy history. They win the 1999 World Bowl. The head coach of the Frankfurt Galaxy Winning the World Bowl, incredible celebration, probably on the rooftop that you'll be at in a couple of days, <laughs> was Dick Curl, who became assistant head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. He was head coach of the Frankfurt Galaxy. The quarterback that had three touchdowns in that game, leading the Frankfurt Galaxy to the World Bowl championship, was none other than the incomparable Pat Barnes, a fourth-round draft pick of the Kansas City Chiefs in 1997. Gets even better. Because the year before, Dick Curl lost his defensive coordinator, who was Steve Spagnolo. No way. Spags was the defensive coordinator of the Frankfurt Galaxy. He's the current defensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs. Why did Dick Curl lose his defensive coordinator, Steve Spagnolo, who didn't hang around for the World Bowl championship? I talked to Spags about it this week. <laughs> he goes, I should have hung around. 
because he joined the staff of Andy Reid in Philadelphia. Wow. Andy Reid became the head coach of the Eagles in 1999 out of nowhere, right? Out of being the quarterback coach of the Green Bay Packers. So Spags leaves the Frankfurt Galaxy to join Andy Reid and the Philadelphia Eagles. It all comes back to here, and I got some more, but this is the first era of Frankfurt's connection to the Chiefs long before the game that's coming up on Funfeda November. That's crazy. Mitch has been saying for days now that I'm not allowed to research this because he <laughs> wanted to break this news to me on the show. That's crazy. What a small world. It's awesome. I mean, that's amazing. It's 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 incredible. And so there's there's ties already between Frankfurt and the Kansas City Chiefs. Spags is going back to Frankfurt. He How talked about, about it. He glowed. He glowed about it. He he actually had talked. He said he would have considered staying there if the opportunity didn't come up with Andy Reid to come back with the Philadelphia Eagles. He loved his time in Frankfurt. Wow. He loved it. And he wants to go back. And so he's very excited to go back for the Chiefs. This will become more of a story. You're going to see more Steve Spagnuolo going back to Frankfurt stories uh, coming up. But pretty cool. Now let's jump ahead to 05 to 07. Okay. So now they, the Galaxy win the World Bowl in 1999, setting off this incredible celebration. Moving ahead to 05 to 07, the last three years uh, of NFL Europe as it existed then, the top uh, equipment manager was Cale Kirby, <laughs> who's one of the key equipment managers now for the Kansas City Chiefs. He worked for the Frankfurt Galaxy. Cale's so important, as you know, because he has come up with a lot of our logos for Salute to Service in specific. He's incredibly creative, and but he kind of, cut his teeth and did his training with the Frankfurt Galaxy. Did Kale get you this helmet? He did. Okay. So there's my secret. Um, Kale goes, hey, I've got the helmet somewhere. I'll find it. <laughs> Plus, J.J. Smith, famous chief, not kind of famous, uh, running back at K-State, uh, running back for the Kansas City Chiefs, went to Raytown South High School in Kansas City, was the running backs coach for the Frankfurt Galaxy. Wow. Also assistant on that Frankfurt Galaxy team was Bob Becknell, who was also – who also became an assistant for the Kansas City Chiefs. So there's all these tie-ins of the Frankfurt Galaxy and Frankfurt Germany to the Chiefs long before this game coming up in November. That's crazy. That's I mean, fun. what are the odds? What a small world. It's not just that Frankfurt and Germany loves football. We actually have ties to Kansas City, and um, what are the odds? I did a little bit of research. Not a ton, just a little bit. How cool is this helmet, Well, though? that's what I was going to talk about. So I just wore it around for a while, <laughs> and people were calling the authorities trying to get me arrested. Because I just thought, I'm just Ta- cool. Tammy was saying, Mitch, She's like, get a grip. Dude, dude, can you imagine? I'll let you take it home. Ellie would be like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, I have a lot of respect for this helmet and the fans in Frankfurt because just learning about the Galaxy, they were the only team to play all 15 seasons of NFL Europe because NFL Europe had kind of the two additions, right? Where initially there's teams in North America as well that kind of ended for two years and they brought it back and it was just European teams. Well, the galaxy were around for all 15 years of that. So they're the only team um, to be part of NFL Europe for its entire existence. Uh, They won the most world bowl titles with four and also had the most appearances with eight. So, I mean, they're a heck of a team, and we're a heck of a team. Are you ready for my trivia? Let's go. This is pretty tough, but I think you'll actually know it. So there was numerous teams. I'm just checking out this helmet while I talk about it. There was numerous teams that came and went during the second stage of NFL Europe. So not every team played the entire length of it, uh, but there was nine teams that operated at some point in that second stage. So I'm talking just European teams. Can you name 
those nine teams. So these were the nine teams that lasted all 15 seasons? They just existed at some point in the second edition of NFL Europe. So one of these teams lasted from just 2004 to 2007, for example. Okay. Let me get so nine teams Scottish Claymores. Yep. London Monarchs. Yep. The Barcelona Dragons. Yes. Rhine Fire. Which is a great name. I love Rhine yes. Fire. Rhine Played Fire. in Dusseldorf, by the way. <laughs> Berlin Thunder. Uh huh. Frankfurt Galaxy. Yep. Oh, I'm three left, and they're in Europe? They're all in Europe. Two in Germany. Two more in Germany. Yeah. Uh, Munich. What was their name, though? What was Munich's name? They had a different name. I don't see a team in Munich. You know what? That might not have been Munich. Okay, so all three of these are in Germany left. Two in Germany, one not in Germany. Man, I'm spinning my wheels here. Well, no, I, this isn't fair. I just put you on the spot. I know, but I just, I, I just got six of them, but I need three more. It's impressive you got six. Uh, I love this. I loved NFL Europe, and I love that we're going to go to Frankfurt, Germany. Okay, I give up. Okay, the Amsterdam Admirals. Amsterdam Admirals. They played from 1995 to yep. 2007. Classic. Uh, these other two teams were short-lived, but the Cologne Centurions. Cologne, yes, and they were, not, they were an arch rival of... The uh, Frankfurt Galaxy. Not far away. No. Cologne, Centurions were, yeah, they didn't like each other. Yeah. Uh, so the German teams really developed some interesting rivalries among those five or six that were spinning and churning and burning. So, yes, the Cologne Centurions, big arch rivals of the Frankfurt Galaxy. Awesome name one as more. well. Last one is the Hamburg Sea Devils. Hamburg Sea Devils. 2005 to 2007. You know, and that is, that's my home area, right? That's my tracing to my... Uh, is the Hamburg area is to where my family started on the paternal side. You'd be I a Sea Devils fan. the Hamburg Sea Devils. I, yeah. <laughs> I apologize Wait to night, all my be... ancestors <laughs> from Hamburg. He'll so be sorry. laying in bed just like, I can't believe I didn't can't get believe the I didn't get the Hamburg <laughs> Sea Devils. Yeah. That was good, though. Six out of nine is good. Some love great names. League. I love that league. Some great names. The Scottish Claymores is so great. And that's who Dante played for, if we didn't mention that earlier. But, yeah. I kind of like the Frankfurt Galaxy, though. Oh, yeah, and definitely. And they put the Milky Way on the helmet. Yeah. It's awesome. Love it. It's awesome. So we'll close out this way, uh, and we'll bring it back to the current time as we, as we close, and that is getting ready for Germany. So now not only is Matt Geek nach Deutschland, uh, he's going to Germany. The Chiefs are getting ready uh, to play in Germany. And this point of the calendar is – is more important than people realize because you and I, we immerse ourselves even in this part <laughs> of our calendar, which is the OTA phase, right? Off-season training activities still restricted because of the NFL Players Association, but I don't think there is a team in the National Football League that approaches the OTAs with the fervor and importance of the Kansas City Chiefs. And you have to look no further than what Andy Reid says and does, the coaching staff, and most notably Patrick Mahomes, and Travis Kelsey. They attack the OTAs like it's training camp, as much as they can do. And we see what has become the best team in the NFL, especially over the past six seasons, the, the potting soil of those wins in December and January that you think of and watch of and you're watching in the cafeteria on NFL Network, the beginning seeds are planted right now, this is an important time. Could not agree more. And if you've hung with us through this entire episode, we are going to talk some real Chiefs football here now. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm totally with you about how this is the time you lay the foundation for what the season is going to look like. Because it's very easy to say, ah, they're just in shorts. You know, there's no pads. There's no hitting. What are they really getting done? And some teams kind of embrace that philosophy of 
we're not going to do much at all. We're not going to give the players a lot of information here. We're not going to even hold all these practices. We're going to use this just as team building. Some people don't think it's important. Coach Reed and everyone in this building thinks it is very important. Uh, and the proof is in the results, like you just mentioned. Uh, the Chiefs attack OTAs like no other team. They're getting a ton of stuff done out there uh, when other teams aren't. So when training camp rolls around, all of a sudden, these other teams that don't really attack OTAs, it's a ton of new information. It's all rushing back to them. For the Chiefs, they've already started laying this foundation, and they just continue it. So OTAs are really important. Um, let's do a bit of housekeeping and explain what's going on right now. Um, Monday of this week began phase three of the offseason, and that includes OTAs. What does OTA stand for? Organized team activities. Basically, these are the first practices, and you can hold 10 of them over the next three weeks, where you can do 11 on 11 drills. In phase one, it's just working out. You can't do anything on the field. Phase two is just like individual drills, positional drills. The offense can go against air. The defense can go against air, but there's no offense versus defense. This is the first time on the calendar since the Super Bowl that we can see 11 on 11 drills here in the team facility. Again, no pads, no hitting, but it looks like real football and that's important. So we get these OTA practices where these guys can start meshing together. Um, we'll have media once a week during OTAs. So there will be a media session where you'll hear from Coach Reed and Patrick Mahomes. It'll be on the Chiefs YouTube page on May 24th. There will be one on June 1st and then June 8th. And all of this leads into mandatory mini camp, which is a three-day practice period, which is very similar to OTAs from June 13th to 15th. And there's 91 players on the roster right now. A lot of players. Uh, I wrote an article on Chiefs.com that's up there right now that kind of details all the positions and all the players that are on our roster right now and answers, why do we have 91 and not 90? Well, it's all in that article. But uh, exciting time here for you and I and for the Chiefs. Finally, uh, first time all offseason, we'll see some 11-on-11 11 11 football here. Well, and why, And we also see 7-on-7. Seven seven. Sure, yes. So, so these, these OTA workouts in Phase 3, and as it gets closer to the mandatory minicamp, start to look like training camp practices. There's no nine on seven, no inside running because there's no pads. You can't hit in these, but you can do seven on seven, which is very important for route concepts and covering the same. And then you, the 11 on 11 work, which is now you're, you're taking the laboratory one step further, especially with your younger players. And they're seeing these 700 plays that exist in the <laughs> chief's iPad and seeing it like come out in front of their eyes. So, Coach emphasizes these OTAs where he puts on, he tests them. Now, he'll test them mentally as well as physically of how much can a player take. I'm going to throw this on the plate of a player, especially the ones they're counting on right away. And what can they process? What can they process and, and execute? So OTAs are huge for the Kansas City Chiefs right now. For the life of me, I got into this discussion during Super Bowl week on more than one occasion with different folks around the NFL about teams kind of de-emphasizing OTAs or blowing them off and kind of waiting to training camp. And then kind of the, there's easing in training camp. And we've seen them then some teams struggle in September. So for the Chiefs, OTAs, we've said this before, but you just have to understand how important they are so they can hit mandatory mini camp on a full sprint. They can hit St. Joseph on a full sprint and they can hit September on a full sprint. The Chiefs season is going right now. And OTAs are incredibly important. And I don't mean this as a slander toward Aaron Rodgers. He's a future Hall of Famer. But I remember last year, 
I don't believe he went to the Packers OTAs. He did not. When they had all the new receivers, he said he didn't think he needed it. And then they had all kinds of problems early in the season trying to get in sync as an offense. It's hard in the NFL. And what I love about Patrick Mahomes is he is a two-time MVP, a two-time Super Bowl MVP. He's the best player in the game. And he's at these voluntary practices, getting to know his new receivers and trying to build rapport uh, with even players that have been here a long time. Guys like him, guys like Travis Kelsey, they attack these practices like they are trying to make the team. And they have all the agency in the world that where they could be like, ah, we're not going to go. No, they're here trying to get better. So it just says a lot about our guys and our commitment to being back in the Super Bowl because it's it's hard to win in the NFL. And the guys are in the building right now in May getting ready for hopefully uh, a great season ahead and going back to the Super Bowl. Scheme evaluation, personnel evaluation. It's so organized. Coach Reed organizes these to the T. They're they're fun, actually, to watch and observe because the team, you just see how they're getting ready for the 2023 season. Matt's getting ready to go to Germany. <laughs> Matt geht nach Deutschland. Now, I'm going to screw this up, too, but or Schiesigstein, or Schiesigstein, which is be careful. All right. I will. And then I never get, like, Schuss, right? Schuss, which is, like, see ya. But or Schiesigstein. Danke. Or Schiesigstein. Yeah. It's about all Stein, I know. I need, I need to work or on it. But, uh so excited you get to go. Yeah, it's going to be an amazing experience. I can't wait to, again, just get to meet some football fans over in Germany. And I just, I believe so strongly uh, in the Chiefs as an organization and the power of football and what it can do around the world and how it can change people's lives and, and really just be such a, a force for good in the world. And we get to share what's so special with us and for us uh, with all these fans in Germany. So it should be pretty amazing. Uh, a great little primer for what we're going to do in November. And I think it opens up a great conduit, even things like commerce and tourism back and forth, a two-way conduit between Deutschland and the United States because there's so much interest uh, with the uh, two fan bases going back and forth. So, Matt, Geek Duck Deutschland, <laughs> have a great trip. And uh, get ready for Germany and for the 2023 season. Ten, five, 